Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. I joke around all the time and saying, you know, Apple one day is going to give blind people their sight back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's getting there. It's pretty, pretty good. Every year, Apple seems to come up with some very unique and interesting features built on their hardware and software system. And this year is certainly no exception. We'll speak with Dean Hudson, Apple's accessibility evangelist, about some of the new features that are expected to benefit visually impaired users in the recently released iOS 15. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip is a very practical hint from Dean Hudson that came at the end of our interview. Is there anything we missed? The tip of the day. Tip of the week, Dean. This is even more important. Yeah. All right. So in iOS 15, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm just a klutz when it comes to picking up my phone off the charger. And I inadvertently just touch all over the place and turn on the flashlight. The problem is I don't know that I turned on the flashlight until who knows how long until someone tells me, hey, your flashlight's on. So we provided this feature to if the flashlight is on for five minutes, you will receive a notification. Also, if you lock your phone, voiceover will speak that the flashlight is on. So that sounds small, but it's pretty, pretty useful if you want to conserve your battery life. <laughs> Well, I've mentioned this feature to some sighted friends and, <laughs> you know, have you ever turned on the flashlight and forgotten about it? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if? So maybe that feature could get ported from voiceover users to the rest of us. That's great feedback. I will take that back to the team and uh, see if we can lobby for it to get promoted to everyone. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Dean. Dean, you've been on the show before, but for anybody who doesn't remember who you are, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, Dean Hudson. I've uh, been at Apple since 2006. Uh, started working on voiceover and uh, through all of our products uh, through the last 15 years. And I gather you use many of these products. I am a blind user, and I use all of these products. And we've actually talked with you before, if people are interested, about your career and how you got to be where you are, which was quite an interesting story. Yeah, so I am um, sort of going way back. I, sort of as a kid, I was always interested in computers. We had one at the house because of my dad, and it ended up being in my room. Uh, and that sort of pushed me forward to thinking about software engineering and uh, getting a degree in computer science. And then after getting a degree, I decided I probably should get a job. Uh, I worked at IBM for a while, uh, startups here and there. And then I wound up hearing about this screen reader project at Apple. And I thought, man, that's weird. Because at that time, JAWS was still the only name in the game. But uh, so I, I decided to give it a try, and uh, it's been here ever since. Well, what a lot of fun and a perfect position for you to be in. 
And we also interviewed you earlier about smartphones using AI technology. But today we're going to be talking about many of the new accessibility features in the recently released iOS 15. Excellent. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the new accessibility features in the recently released iOS 15. So, Dean, talking about iOS 15, I'm always amazed that Apple can come up with new features to benefit the visually impaired almost every year. Just when I think that, boy, that's the last idea they could possibly come up with, and what else could they possibly think about, you come up with some new things that benefit the visually impaired community. So maybe you can start out by telling us about some of these new features. Yeah, um, you know, it's another big year for us, uh, especially in accessibility across all of our products. I'll focus in on sort of voiceover and uh, let's just uh, get it right out on the table. Uh, one of the features that we came out with for iOS 15 is voiceover quick settings. Now, if you are a voiceover user, you know about the rotor and the rotor was invented so that you could get to certain settings fairly quickly. But it can get pretty full at times if you put a lot of options there. It can get pretty full. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a term for that called rotor-itis. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't have that item in your rotor, then you've got to go through settings, accessibility, voiceover, and you got to swipe till you get to... So this provides sort of an intermediate step so that things that you don't have to use all the time can sort of exist in this quick setting. So things like HTMI out. Um, that's something that I use when we were doing presentations a lot so that the audience could hear voiceover speak, but it's not something I use every day. But when I'm ready to prepare to use it, I don't want to have to dig through all those settings. So there's a lot of these settings like mute, uh, a bunch of other things that are just inside of this quick settings. And you, just like the rotor, you can go into settings, accessibility, voiceover, and you can add or delete items from the quick settings, or just like in the rotor, you can reorder them. So we thought that was a pretty good feature for our users. And I've already availed myself of that feature because I put lots of options in my rotor initially, but as you say, sometimes to get to the particular one, first of all, it's a little bit awkward sometimes to do that gesture, but if there are too many, it makes it even harder. So this is really nice. Yeah, so to bring this up, you know that you can change commands, but we've added it as a two finger quadruple tap, but you can go in and change it to whatever you want it to be. And that's quite handy. And it's a nice list that's in there. There's actually a little search feature in there. So you don't have to arrow down through all the multiple options if you don't want. Yes. Yeah, there's a filter uh, as well. Dean did a good job explaining what voiceover quick settings are. Here's Pete giving a demonstration of how they work. Let me show you how making use of the voiceover quick settings dialogue has enabled me to greatly reduce the clutter in my rotor settings. So right now I'm in the Apple News app and I'll go through my rotor settings to show you what's there. Headings. The first one is headings, so I can navigate by headings. Words. I can navigate by words. Characters. Characters. Punctuation, sum. 
punctuation. Headings. And I'm back to headings again. So really, there isn't much in my rotor, which means I can quickly find what I want at the time and easily get to that option. But sometimes I might want to change my audio ducking options. So I'll get into the voiceover quick settings dialog by doing a two-finger quadruple tap. Voiceover settings. Heading. And there I am. Now let's flick right and see what we see. Done. Button. So if I hit the done button, I can close that dialog. Filter. Search field. Next, there's a search field. Now, there can be lots of options in here, and you don't want to have to flick forever. So if you want to search for something, you can dictate a search term and quickly find a setting you're looking for. Let's flick through here just to see some of the options and what's available in here. Activities. Off. Button. Adjustable. My activities are turned off. Always speak notifications. On. Adjustable. Audio ducking. On. Adjustable. Audio ducking is on. Now, let's say I wanted to turn that off. A single finger double tap will do it. Off. And there you go. So let's keep going through here to see what we find. Braille alert messages. On. Adjustable. Braille auto advance. Fives. Button. Adjust. Braille input. Uncontracted. Six dot braille. Button. Braille output. Uncontracted. Eight dot braille. Button. Lots of braille options. Braille tables. Def caption panel. Direct touch. On. Adjustable. Gesture direction. Automatic. Hardware typing feedback. Words. Button. Hints. Off. Adjustable. And you can see there are tons of options in here. As Dean said, you can customize this list, but they're all in there alphabetically, so they're relatively easy to find. And you do have that search field. But for some of those options that you don't use too frequently, this is a great place to keep them and keep your rotor relatively uncluttered. So what else do you have for us, Dean? That was a neat feature. So the next feature that we, we sort of just uh, really, really upgraded it. iOS 13, we bought image descriptions. In iOS 14, we sort of made those descriptions a little bit more contextual. But in 15, we blew it wide open. We've added this feature called Image Explorer. And so how it works is if you touch on an image, you'll hear sort of an image sound. And then if you, it already sticks you in the custom actions rotor. So if you swipe down, you'll get this thing called Image Explorer. Double tap in there and suddenly now you can navigate objects within the photo you can navigate scenes within the photo as well as the description and even text. So when you navigate there and you land on the text, it's like a text document. You can use all of the rotor character by character, word by word, line by line options to read this document. So it's really, really cool. It, it really starting to use ML so that folks who are blind have an idea of images that get sent by Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I did one actually today just to play around with it. I had a low dose aspirin bottle on my desk, took a photo of it, explored it. And man, all the cautionary bullet items on that bottle. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't want to know about those. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that, that's Image Explorer, really, really uh, using email to figure out what's going on in an image. I just want to comment. Yeah. Pete's totally blind, and I'm fully sighted, so I don't use any of this stuff. But iOS just came out a few weeks ago, and Pete's already been gushing about how wonderful this image description feature is. So even I know it's terrific. Well, and I think over the years, even just the past couple of years, description of images all over the user interface have gotten a lot better and a lot more detailed. Oh, yeah. And I find that to be a very nice feature. Yeah, I, I remember the campaign trail, like, you know, landing on something posted 
a man with a suit tie wearing a jacket. And I'm like, wow, is that how that dress a blue breast jacket? Really? I didn't... But so you end up finding about a lot of stuff. So in addition to that, we've added captions. And you know, Pete, you and I know, you know, you get those emails that you know come to the party and it's a picture of an invitation. You're like, what? I don't, where is it? What <laughs> yes. time is it? So now when you land on an image, uh, especially in your photos, you can click on the info button and the first field there is captions. So no excuse why a sighted person couldn't describe that image saying invitation to the party on the ninth at 10 o'clock, you know, and it works quite well. So that's a really sort of added on feature that we're done for the, for the OS. I don't know. You gave away my secret of saying, oh, I didn't know about that. Sorry. <laughs> no excuses anymore. No excuses. And, and you can read those captions on the desktop as well, even though they're created on your desktop or iOS. So. And again, Dean did a good job explaining this feature, but Pete took a photograph of me so he could show you how Image Explorer works. Let me give you a little demonstration of how this nifty Image Explorer feature works. I took a picture of Nancy holding up a book standing in front of her bookshelf. I'll flick to that image in my Photos app. Photo, 2.09 p.m. A person holding a book and posing for a photo in front of a bookshelf. Possible text. Weird. Colorado. Origins. Your travel guide to Colorado's local legends and best kept secrets by Charmaine Ortega gets. And that tells me a little bit about the image. Now, if I flick down to get to the context menu, I'll get an item that says... Explore image features. Explore image features. I'll activate that with a single finger double tap. Image Explorer. Heading. And now I'm in the Image Explorer that gives me a lot of details about the image. The first thing I'll see at the top is... Image. Heading. A person with straight gray hair. Centered. That's obviously Nancy. She apparently has straight gray hair. Computer monitor. Near bottom right edge. Her computer monitor was in the side of the picture because it was in her study. Weird. Colorado. Origins. Your travel guide to Colorado's. Local legends and best kept secrets. By Charmaine Ortega gets bicycle near bottom right edge. And that bicycle was a little tandem bicycle that she has on her bookshelf. Image description. Heading. This tells me a little bit more about the image. A person holding a book and posing for a photo in front of a bookshelf. And that's exactly what it was, as I told you before. Scenes. Heading. Bookshelf. Door. Wood processed. Date. Heading. And then under here, there's more information about the date and the time, etc. And that's it. You can do that to any picture that you take. So, Dean, what else do you have for us? Another feature that uh, kind of grew out of a big feature. I don't know if you guys caught any of the features released for WWDC or Global Accessibility Day, but we created assistive touch for the watch. And this is for people with limb difference, uh, one arm, not able to use a secondary hand to touch on the watch. Uh, and you can pretty much drive the entire watch OS with just one hand with hand gestures, what we call it. So a clenched fist, a double pinched finger, uh, you can actually maneuver the assistive touch cursor to get to the things that you want. And when doing that, we decided, wait a minute, you know, if you're blind and you're mobile walking around, you pretty much only have one hand because your other hand is holding a cane or a harness. Yeah, I've always said that blind people ought to be born with more arms just because of that reason. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, you know, why not bring this to voiceover? And it's just a fantastic feature. So it's hand gestures, and you can find it 
and the watch app on your phone under voiceover, under hand gestures. And what that means is not even walking around, you know, if I'm eating breakfast and I get a message from someone, you know, I have to stop eating, wipe my hands, touch the watch. Why not just allow voiceover users to navigate the messages and even reply to the message with one hand? So that's a cool, cool thing that sort of just fell in our lap with assistive touch. Just to clarify, you're talking about making these hand gestures with the hand of the arm that's wearing the watch. That's correct. Are these gestures predefined as in the phone with a single finger double tap or a single finger triple tap, or do you have to train these gestures so your watch understands? No, they're, they're predefined. So uh, double clinch, I believe, is activate. Two finger double pinch, go forward, single pinch, go backwards. And so you put that on, and this will work with the Series 6 and Apple Watch CE and up. Nice. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. And you have more for us still. I have a few other things, tricks up my back. Uh, sort of an update on uh, activities. Now, this is a feature we introduced a few years ago. But lately, we've been getting a lot of your feedback on what to add to activities. And so we've added a lot more to the activities, things like a bunch of Braille navigation, so the auto pan. We've added uh, the mute. We've added uh, a lot of table navigation, a lot of Braille table switching, um, all things that our users really wanted. And uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see how our users use the features. And so I wanted to point this out just to let folks know that, yeah, we definitely pay attention to the feedback. So keep it coming. And remind users what an activity means. And I could give you an example. Uh, an activity is you're in a certain app uh, and you want certain characteristics. So for instance, if you're in a document that you're writing, you might want more verbosity for punctuation versus if you're in a book reading, you may not want that. So Per app, you can set what the settings are, voiceover options for that specific app. And that is an activity. So it's an app-by-app -app customization of how you use the UI. Yes. When we launched it, we had a few things in there, but now we've really expanded it uh, so that users can really tailor the experience of that app. Is there more? I have another one. Along those veins, um, you know, adding activities for voiceover, we then looked into low vision and said, well, why not make the same availability for low vision? So per app display settings is now something that's in iOS 15. So just like with voiceover, you go to the app and this is even more sort of delicate, right? Because people are low vision, it just depends on what the third party did with the look of the app or, you know, they may need different sets of display settings depending on whether they're reading mail or depending on whether they're surfing the web. And so now you can actually set a lot of the display settings on that per app basis. You know, it's nice to have all these customizations for various usage cases. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the iOSs are getting much more complex. And so it's really allowing us to customize the user's experience. You have to remember for some people, this is their only computer. So they do everything on their device. And we, we have to make sure that the screen reader is flexible enough. 
yes, people do sometimes forget that these smart devices we hold in our pockets are really sophisticated computers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what other features do you want to talk about today? One other one that's not necessarily an accessibility feature, but a feature that could be used uh, in, if you're a screen reader, could be very helpful. Uh, that's the focus feature. I like that one myself. As do I. Yes. It allows you to sort of customize and tailor uh, based on what you're doing, what notifications you receive, so, so that you can focus on what you're doing. Now, uh, Peter, you, you know this. Uh, it's, nothing is more irritating when you're listening to some content and then Twitter comes across you know, something you totally don't even care about. Or you get a phone call from your brother and you're like, oh, man. You know, I'm not going to accept the call, but I have to go through this UI and like deny it and then go back to my content and restart it. And it's just so I think for us, just allowing you to define tasks, you know, watching sports. Well, you know, if my wife calls, maybe, but anyone else, <laughs> you're not getting through. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I kind of I think is, is kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's particularly neat. As you say, I often read audio books from NLS on the Bard mobile app, for example, and I'll be listening to the book and all of a sudden a text message will come through. The audio gets ducked. I miss several seconds of the audio and I have to dismiss the message. I have to rewind and go back. And then I start reading again and all of a sudden someone replies to that text message and it happens all over again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not yeah. fun. It's nice to be able to just open the app and have your phone know that, oh, I should not disturb you while you have this app open and you're reading. Yeah. And again, it's, it's the same thing for everyone, right? But it's just particularly, I don't know, it's just the audio or something. So it's, it just feels very galling when it happens to you for voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would guess for sighted people, if they're listening to some audio and a message comes up, the message just flashes at the top and they can still listen to the audio. It doesn't get ducked yeah. and they can easily dismiss it. But when voiceover starts speaking the new message, that's a big disruption. Well, actually, it's not as annoying for a sighted person listening to audio information, but you still get all of the alert sounds. So if a text message comes in, the ding, ding ducks the audio and I miss part of the book or the radio show or whatever it is. And I have to go back and same thing, but it doesn't last as long. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point ducking. That's one of the ones that we added to the quick settings is, you know, that's something that I'll turn on every once in a while to turn off ducking, but then, you know, I want to turn it back on again. Well, I don't want it in my rotor, but it'd really be nice to have it in my quick setting. So that was the first one I took out of the roto also. <laughs> so I've set up this focus do not disturb with several applications, including Bard Mobile, the news app, podcasts, and things like that. And it's a lot more pleasant to use those apps these days with that. Yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. That's, uh, that's really, really cool. So you talked about, for example, some of the new gestures with the watch and these focus issues, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all well and good to hear it in a podcast, but where can people go to learn about the specifics of this and some documentation? Yes, you can go to apple.com slash accessibility. And in there gives a pretty good detail of all of the features for iOS 15. 
and I believe, I'm not sure, I'll have to check and get back to you, that there might be some YouTube videos available. But that's the place where you want to go and read up about some of the new features and, and what Apple's thoughts were behind that. Well, Dean, we've already covered a number of great new features in iOS 15, but I understand that's not all. Yeah, another feature that doesn't really affect uh, blindness so much, but because when you're blind, you rely on your hearing so much. Um, we have a feature called background sounds. And this feature, you turn it on, uh, it'll play, you have some choices of different sound, types of background sounds, rain, ocean, and other things. But it plays in the background so that you can focus on sort of the content that you're listening to. So this is intended to drown out any other noise that's happening. Yes. Um, I find it very useful when you have teenagers that, for some reason, they like to use speakerphone no matter where they are. <laughs> so you're hearing other people talking and them talking and you're trying to listen to. So put on that background noise and, and then you can focus. So that, <clears throat> again, it's just, just a cool feature because it's something that blind people rely on so much. And another thing that people don't realize is all these new features, they're not just static features. You guys seem to improve them and advance their capabilities from year to year. So yes. if people aren't happy with them now, they probably will be in the next uh, iteration or two. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like I say, it's, it's largely to, to feedback. You know, people really uh, write in um, and they give us suggestions and for the, uh, Activities app, I mean, that's pure user feedback. There was no marketing input. It was all things that people wanted. Well, that's great. You guys always impress me with some of these new features, and particularly this year with some of the customizations and some of the new ways of using the device, some making use of the AI features for image recognition and text recognition, et cetera. That's very useful. Yeah, we really, really want to just push this forward. Um, I joke around all the time and saying, you know, Apple one day is going to give blind people their sight back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's getting there. It's pretty, pretty good. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the accessibility of Apple products and how to contact their accessibility team. Dean, we talked about a lot of new features, a lot of new functionality, and remind people where they can learn more about some of the details and find some documentation. You can find that at apple.com slash accessibility. And we also talked about the importance of providing feedback, both for your development and solving problems. How can people go about doing that? One way you, you can email accessibility at apple.com uh, and that gets into our, our uh, support system. And then those folks will either create a radar, which is how we track issues across the OS, and it will get to the right engineers. And they are pretty responsive. I quite frequently come up with some little issues or little improvements or problems that I've come across, and they're pretty responsive on that email forum. Great. And of course, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. 
That's it for show number 2144. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the accessibility of Android devices. The accessibility of Android devices has continued to improve over the years and is now a viable option for those who are visually impaired. We'll speak with Austin Pinto, Warren Carr, and Mariam Mosen from the Blind Android Users team about how Android has evolved over time as well as about recently introduced accessibility features. So if you want to hear how the two systems compare, join us next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.